0: Adrian and I'm Stacy, and we are happy that you are joining us for episode two of what will be a one thousand episode podcast. Only a thousand. A thousand is a nice number. One, Come on, ton. dream
1: big, dream big. One metric
0: ton—that's pretty big. <laughs> that is pretty ton. big. <laughs> one thousand. Actually, wait—a a metric ton. No, it is a thousand. A thousand. Yeah, I, I was right. I all right, don't get all technical on me. <laughs> Self-doubt people. It's real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, um, so just the last podcast we had, um, we talked about Simone Biles. So I wanted to just touch quickly on that. And as everyone I'm sure knows who listened to this, she won a bronze. She came back. Woo-hoo. Um yeah, good on her. And what was interesting for me um is I read something that said basically, now simone biles will transcend like her influence will transcend gymnastics so you know before it was all gymnastics gymnastics and she even said during it um you know now i know that i'm more than just gymnastics and i didn't know that before um so i think it's really great i mean overall just very positive i think what happened and how she came back for it and a really great life lesson for so many of us so uh kudos simone
0: Yeah. Great job. If she listens to this podcast, (laughs) we are very proud of you. You have really started a conversation and inspired a lot of people, myself included.
1: Absolutely. And then what's funny, I was sort of thinking about the next podcast um, and then I caught myself, you know, obviously last week we were talking about the stigma of talking about mental health and how it's seen as weakness and nobody really talks about it. And it was so interesting because I remember when, Adrian, you first started talking to us about you having these issues. And I sort of caught myself because I remember thinking in the beginning, wow, like he's being really open about this. And this is kind of strange. Strange in the fact of like people don't really talk about it. Um, And then I also caught myself. So that like just sort of, I was sort of thinking about it, that it wasn't just a natural flow of conversation, which is obviously what we're trying to change. Um, So I think that's pretty normal. But then I caught myself last week thinking about someone else I know who's been having a lot of mental health issues. And I caught myself, this thought popped into my head of like, oh God, like they're just being so weak, get over it. And I was like, it came out of nowhere. And as soon as that thought popped in my head, I was like, oh my God. You know, and so I started to sort of think about where does that come from? And I came to the conclusion it sort of comes from this conditioning that society has of all of us in all areas, not just mental health and how you really have to pay attention to the things that you think and why do you think them? Because I genuinely don't think that. But the thought popped into my head and really that just told me that I have more work to do on this subject and i mean every subject but it was just so interesting to pay attention and note that that popped into my head and then to change the narrative and yeah it was just it was just sort of surprising so i think it's sort of a message for for me and really all of us to really pay attention like what is it that society is telling us how are we being in, how are we being conditioned to think and how do we work on ourselves to change that
0: i i completely understand and i deal with my own struggle my own battle of saying things that one i've been conditioned to say or 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 act in a certain way i've been conditioned uh as, as a child as a teenager and that's the anger side i have said things that i do not believe for one second but i have said them in anger and i've said them to hurt and here's an example i remember once i was at the bar And there was this older gentleman. He seemed to be Middle Eastern and he was supposed to get some work done. And for whatever reason, this man just started being difficult and said, I'm not going to waste my time here. And he started walking away and he was being very difficult. And in the moment of anger and just thinking to myself, wait a minute, I need to get the last sort of dig in. Uh, I said, you're being a woman because because I knew that would be a slap in the face to him as this much older sort of Middle Eastern man. And and in my head, I just thought that's going to that's going to, you know, show him. And I I felt ashamed as soon as I said it. And in fact, I came to your house after for lunch and I confessed it. I remember you you telling me, Yeah. yeah. I confessed it on on my own. I came in and I said, what the heck? I said this thing.
1: Are you sure you said heck?
0: Well, okay. (laughs) There might be children listening, but, but I said that thing. And this would have been what? In March, April, whenever? And in that moment, I felt ashamed and I knew, oh my gosh, that's not okay. So you're right. We get conditioned to think a certain way, and act a certain way, and we do have to work on it. And my therapist calls that just maintaining a high level of awareness. And I think once you do that, you will catch yourself in those moments, like you caught yourself and you know, okay, this is something I need to unlearn. This is not something I believe. This is something I was conditioned to believe and I need to unlearn it. So I say kudos to you for catching yourself and being aware that it's not okay uh, to think like that or, or that mental. you know, having an issue or having problems does not make you weak. And so you are taking the steps and you're putting in the work and you're making an effort. So I applaud you.
1: Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's strange. I mean, I think that's sort of step one is to when, you know, they say like the first step is to recognize you have a problem. Um, And even if you think you're the most, you know, liberated, aware, woke, whatever you want to call it person, like I personally believe that everybody, wherever you are, still has work to do. And so it was it was good for me to notice that. And I think it's also important to talk about it and not be like ashamed, like, oh my God, I didn't have that thought. I can't tell anybody it's terrible because it is, you know, I was slightly ashamed afterwards, but I think talking about it makes people sort of more aware and like, yeah, that happens to me too. I need to work on these things as well. So
0: yeah, we're not perfect and we have flaws and we need to work on them.
1: Yeah. If only we could all be Mary Poppins. Practically perfect in every way. <laughs>
0: Can we have an American icon, please? No! <laughs> <laughs> Who's the American version of Mary Poppins? Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, but she was supposed <laughs> to be British, right? <laughs> she, she was pretending to be British. Ah, okay. We'll, we'll yeah. take her because it was the great Wa- Robin Williams.
1: Okay. that, that, Yeah. Okay. Mary Poppins, Mrs. Doubtfire. This is why, you know, I'm not terribly, awfully ashamed all the time to be British. But anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole today. (laughs) What we're going to talk about on the podcast today is COVID um, and the effect on mental health. And What's COVID? What's COVID? Yeah.
0: What is this COVID you speak of?
1: Yeah. If only we didn't know what COVID was. My goodness. Um, and it's sort of a two-parter for me because when you talk about COVID and mental health, you know, there's obviously the very like in-your-face effects of it of the quarantine and the deaths, the illnesses, all of that stuff, which I definitely want to get into. And then part two for me, which I've pondered on for a while now, is sort of the collective trauma of COVID that people maybe aren't aware of yet and the effect that it's had on us sort of after the fact. So almost sort of like the PTSD from the COVID experience, which we're still not out of, but the last year and the isolation and just the shock of it all happening. So I guess we should maybe sort of start with part one, which is just COVID itself. Um, And it's sort of interesting because I remember when, you know, we were first hearing about it on the news and thinking to myself, yeah, we'll probably be locked down for like a Mm -hmm. month. And in my head, I had a month as, like, the number. And it actually turned out to be 118 days of lockdown. And I know this because I have two small children in Adrian. <laughs> as you know, I did a photo diary. And every single day, I took a diary, a photo of the shit show that was my life in lockdown. And I counted every day. And at the end, we held up signs saying 118 days. So that's how I know that number. And it will always be in my head. Um, so... I'll throw it over to you first. Like, What was your lockdown experience? What, How has COVID affected your mental health?
0: Well, before we get to that, I need our listeners to know that in one of those photos, your, <laughs> your husband, and this is no exaggeration, <laughs> if you guys remember when Saddam Hussein was captured <laughs> and he appeared out of this, this hole in the ground with his unkept hair and his beard i kid you not that was how her husband looked
1: that was my husband i was so proud each and every day
0: yeah oh yeah i'll never forget seeing that picture and thinking oh wow he should cut his hair um so for me it was tough uh at first i was happy (laughs) to not have to go into work and then that quickly changed to being i don't know anxious uh but i have a small apartment or relatively small apartment so i definitely started feeling cooped up like so many others i would imagine out there i tried to have a routine go for walks every day but then eventually i got so sick and tired of taking the same walk every day I just stopped in anger. I said, "You know what? This is stupid. It's the same house I'm seeing every day. It's the same people I'm seeing every day. I don't want to see them anymore." And I stopped, and that was a big mistake because then I started packing on the pounds and drinking beer. So, it was it was fine in the beginning. It was a bit like an adventure. My housemate and I, we would go to this one bar that was running specials on beer because they needed to get rid of the beer because obviously the kegs start to go bad after a while uh, you can't just have it sitting there so they were pretty much giving away beer so my houseman and I were doing that in the beginning and we were so excited and wait, then when eventually- you said you
1: were going to a bar I was like wait what you were sneaking into bars no no <laughs> Where no, was my no. invite <laughs> no
0: we were it was all takeaway and you had to order fries or something that was the rule you needed to order food to get the beer and, and man we were- you have to
1: have fries and beer that sounds awful
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. And we were doing growlers. So any beer aficionados out there know that growlers are these big jugs that you fill up at the tap, you take them home. And the beauty of the growler is that the beer will go flat in a couple of deer, a couple of days. Can we edit that out in post? No, we're (laughs) going to leave it in. Uh, So the beer goes flat in a couple of days. You got to drink it pretty quick. So it's, uh, it's a fun exercise. So that was my lockdown experience in the beginning. But then, yeah, it started to drag on and it definitely affected my mental health. I definitely started to get more. There's a word in my country that we use. It's called scratchity. And I don't know if Americans or Brits use that word. I don't think I've heard that word before, actually. So Scratchity, it means loosely translated, you just get agitated, you get irritated, uh, you're irritable, and you kind of, you know, you just seem to be in a, in a, like an old man grumpy type mood. I so, was going to say, it's so grumpy. <laughs> yeah, grumpy, but, but not as cute as grumpy.
1: All right, uh, I'm going to start using that Scratchity
0: scratchy you. hey that could be a uh, cultural appropriation i will need to check uh, with excuse my, me but i have pho- Guyana
1: and jeans as you well know
0: well okay first off guyanese jeans so oh, wow i'm shush. just <laughs> taking i'm taking away i'm taking away those jeans <laughs> sorry <laughs> return them
1: oh god i'm such a failure it's yeah, like when I, people like claim to have english heritage or whatever and they say like leicester for leicester or like Edinburgh for Edinburgh you're just like oh just no just go away so yeah fine whatever like I do have ancestry but I'm not from there so I don't have the lingo but I do have scratchity now so
0: okay so you can use scratchity and for our (laughs) listeners out there that's your Guyanese word for the day scratchity
1: yeah (laughs) scratchity by the way I was thinking when I was thinking about COVID do you remember so it was the Everything shut down, like, on the Monday. School shut down, like, on the Friday. The kids got sent home from school with all of the, like, books, computers, everything. And Monday, it was officially closed, and we started lockdown. And on that Friday, do you remember me calling you at the office and being like, "Um, I have chest pains?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was that Friday?
1: That was the Friday. So, I mean, for people listening who don't understand, Adrian is kind of like my stand-in husband for things, like, Minds out of the gutter, people. Thank you.
0: Oh, whoa, no one's <laughs> mind was going there. Oh, your please, mind come in on.
1: No, my mind was definitely not going there. <laughs> Normally, it's your mind going to those places. Anyway, I am too
0: depressed, I told you. My mind doesn't go there anymore.
1: <laughs> so my husband worked long, 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 long hours. So, you know, if I'm sick and about to die, then the person I called to take me to the emergency room is Adrian. And that's a true story because Adrian has actually t- taken me to the emergency room before. But anyway... So my chest, like I got this tight chest pain that I've never had before. And I called him and I was like, what do I do? And Adrian was just like, yeah, I'm not taking you to the hospital. Like COVID's flying around, whatever. Um, <laughs> and for the record, I don't blame you, but you know, you're a jerk. <laughs> no, well. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I called, like I called urgent care and they were like, nope, we don't want to see you. Don't come anywhere close. And then I called the ER and they were like, no, don't come unless you're about to die. Don't come. Because that's how it was at the time. Like there was there was little information and they couldn't take anybody in. And even if you did go in, there was nothing they could do anyway. So I started with this like chest pain, chest tightness. And for the next 10 days, I'm I assume I had COVID, because if I didn't, I don't know what the hell I would have had. And I've had bronchitis and meningitis before. Um also oh, I think ituses. I'm a huge hypochondriac, but nonetheless, I do think I had COVID. Um, And I was coughing my guts up. I went through two massive bottles of cough suppressant and I never take stuff like that. And I just remember like, you know, on the news, you were watching that they were talking about the ICUs, everything filling up. You would see all these sirens around New York City. And it was just horror story after horror story with that first wave. And I remember every night I went to bed wondering, am I going to wake up not being able to breathe and have to be taken to the hospital and, and intubated? Um, not because I'm just a hypochondriac, which I am, but because I genuinely was coughing so much and sometimes like struggling to breathe properly. And my chest was so tight, like it hurt to breathe in and out. It was, I don't know, it was, it was not pleasant. And the, the way that I know that it was really not pleasant is I didn't have anything to drink those first two weeks because of that, which cannot be said for the rest of COVID when I drank every single day. She's Um, talking
0: about alcohol folks. Just yes, in case not, you're water. not water. <laughs> <laughs> not water. She drinks it like it's water, but she's talking about alcohol.
1: Which is funny because do you remember when you came over and I was I like to drink port and adrian was over one time and i was oh, yeah. like i'm gonna open this. some port and i went looking for port and i swear we had at least 10 bottles at the beginning of lockdown and i could not find a bottle of port anywhere and i no, swear no, no, no. i have no, 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 no idea where they all went i no, swear no Do
0: no, no. you don't get off the hook that easily no you go all right so i'm <laughs> gonna get some port and you go into the to the little wine little wine cabinet thing and uh, there's no port there and then you start looking somewhere else and then i saw a panic set in i can see <laughs> it in your eyes you're like wait what no i could not have drank them no i no. was
1: genuinely confused i swear you, i was like there's no called, way i drank all that
0: then you called your husband and he comes downstairs and both of you are searching you're going in the basement and they're like oh wow i guess i drank all those bottles because you know
1: if i had i'd be happy to own it that's why i was so confused (laughs) like i just had no recollection of drinking that much but let me tell you 118 days with two small children is not fun
0: no and but if you drink that much chances are you won't remember drinking that much
1: (laughs) yeah but i yeah i don't know i don't know what to tell you The other piece I wanted to just talk about with the the initial COVID lockdown, I had two very good friends of mine, um, you know, the way that it affected things. One of my friends was donating her kidney to her seven-year-old son, and that surgery had to get pushed out and delayed and delayed and delayed, A, because they didn't have room in the hospitals, but B, also because they couldn't risk people coming in. Um, and COVID spreading around. Now, her son was lucky in the fact that he was able to get a kidney from his mom. But there's a lot of people who were waiting for transplants from, you know, from people passing away. But in COVID, they couldn't do it because, you know, they didn't know if they'd passed away from COVID. So there was so many people that were not able to get transplants and probably, you know, ended up not making it because of that situation. So when you sort of You know, I mean, I know we're sort of joking around and and we're the lucky ones Um, that there was a lot more serious situations um, that arose because of this. And then another friend of mine in the UK, her daughter has muscular dystrophy and she'd been waiting for a surgery to straighten up her spine. Um, And that got delayed, delayed, delayed again. And when she finally got it, only her mom was allowed in her in with her. And they had to just stay in, like nobody was allowed in to visit and, and yeah. that sort of stuff. So the, the effects of this, I just think collectively on everybody, like the the trauma of it all is just, I, I still don't think that everybody has probably come to terms, or we as a society or as a, as a planet even have come to terms with the collective trauma of all of this.
0: No, and no, I think it will take a long time. And I definitely, I had some pretty tough times. A very close family friend died and uh, we were unable to attend the funeral because it was early on during the pandemic. So it was only very close family allowed. And that was the first virtual funeral I have ever attended. And that felt so strange being unable to mourn in person. And then I had a second person die. And so then it was my second uh, virtual funeral. And so I just feel like there's a lot of grief that has not been processed. There's There's been a lot of loss that has not been processed. And I think now people are really trying their best to start processing that trauma. And a sign of that is uh, therapists being just completely booked up. When I started looking for a therapist, I must have called, no exaggeration, at least 25 or 30 different therapists. And at one point, I was starting to look out of network to give myself more options. And I got very lucky that I found one five minutes, not even uh, from my house. But he had a cancellation, so he saw me. And I was very lucky. But I think you're seeing more and more people now coming out of lockdown, uh, coming out of well, COVID, and they are now starting to process their traumas. And so for listeners out there, do not feel ashamed or, or don't feel weak to say, hey, this has affected me greatly. This has affected me mentally, emotionally, physically. Reach out and get help. Because even if you went into lockdown thinking you were completely fine, I am pretty sure has affected you in some way. And it's good to process your feelings, your thoughts, uh, preemptively because you don't want to be like me, keep it in, keep it in, keep it in, and then blow up later.
1: Yeah. Which is what so many people do because of this whole stigma around it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. There's nothing to see here. And then the breakdown happens um yeah i mean i I feel like you know I mentioned earlier I sort of had this theory that um that it's gonna have this post traumatic almost effect on people um and I was reading this article that was talking about a d h d it was talking about adult a d h d um and it said that it can be okay, and you might not even know this is talking about people who may have had it their whole lives but not realize, and you can be fine until some big life event triggers um sort of a breakdown or a meltdown you know in, in the article they talked about things like a divorce or losing a job or you know a move like divorce and moving are two of the most stressful things that you can do and then I'm sure now in articles they'll talk about you know pandemics as part of that too but if you think about the pandemic as a massive trauma that's happened and almost sort of awoken in people this thing this I don't even know how to describe it, but it's awoken this issue that was maybe there all the time but didn't surface until this big shock event came along and sort of shook that person up. and now it's like, Holy crap, where did this come from? You know
0: yeah i I think one positive to take away from it or one positive way of looking at it for reassurance is that we all went through this. so don't feel. Alone, and if you feel alone, reassure yourself that there are other people out there who've gone through this experience with you. Uh, As a society, as a country, as a world, we were thrown into this pandemic together. So I think it would be good if we come together. We talk to our friends. Hey, how were you affected? Hey, you know, let's let's talk about it. Um, I, I think that's one positive way of looking at it: is that you are not alone in this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's sort of funny now because I find myself um, like when the school shut down, my daughter's school, they created this video um, of all the teachers sort of waving. And it was to a song. Um, I can't even remember the song now, but I have it on my playlist. And for the longest time, in fact, I'm only to the point now that it doesn't happen. But for the longest time when that song would come on, I would have to really fight back wanting to cry. And it sort of took me by surprise because I would think about all the teachers waving. Mm-hmm. It was something to do with, like, you know, hold my hand. Um, and it just like, it created like such a like emotion and effect of me of just like going back to that point when like it was such a big trauma. Like every single thing was taken away. We were all just like shut in our houses. Like, school was closed. We didn't see anybody. I mean, that's a huge, huge trauma yeah. that I just, I don't think we fully processed. Um, and I still find myself, you know, I from anyone who knows me knows me that, you know, I'm sort of known as a cold hearted bitch and I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> Whoa. No, I who, am who, like who called you that? One Ooh.
1: of my one of my friends back in San Francisco, she said, like, you're a bitch, but in the best possible way. And I'm <laughs> okay. like, like, I'll take that. I'm okay with that. Well, well, I can't um, say
0: the B-word. I'm a man, so I'm not allowed. And I would not say it. So I will not say you're that. I will say you're cool.
1: There you go. I'll take it. I'll take that too. Um, but anyway, so I'm generally like pretty, like not emotional and cold hearted or seen that way, at least when you first meet me. But I find myself like when I'm watching TV or listening to a song or something's just happening every now and then, like I just get this urge to like cry and it's not like I'm like oh I need to cry now it's like my body just kind of like throws all the emotion into my face and like water wants to come out of my eyes
0: I'm glad (laughs) you're not a sociopath (laughs) it's good to know that you have feelings
1: (laughs) I definitely have a lot of feeling um but it's strange because it takes me by surprise and it's like whoa it's like this big wave of like I suddenly just want to have like a cry and then I don't And it's not that I'm like holding myself back. It's just I don't know. It's almost like a big like push. And then it sort of recedes back like a wave or something like this wave comes up and like and then it's
0: like gone. But I'm like, whoa,
1: what was that?
0: So funny you you mentioned that about holding in the cry. And let's talk about destigmatizing the conversation, right? I have cried a lot recently. No exaggeration. I've and that's cried okay. And That's okay. I have cried at least three times a day for the past two plus months. And that's and okay. I reached a point where I thought to myself, okay, I have no more tears. That's it. It's done. Okay, wait. Here comes the wave. You feel this wave of depression, sadness, anxiety about to hit. And I, I would do this thing where I would lay on the couch. I would... Close my eyes. I would try to breathe. I would try to work through it and it wasn't working. Then one day I just started crying and crying and crying and crying. And at the end of it, I felt a little better. So, good. Yeah. Instead of trying to hold back my tears, I actually let them flow. And before the past couple of months, I couldn't tell you the last time I cried. I would have to go back years to remember the last time i cried like truly cried from sadness uh so it was a it was a strange experience for me crying and crying. And you know, that shower cry that you do when <laughs> you're in the shower. You're the crying?
1: really ugly cry. Oh, that's the <laughs> ugly one
0: because no one could see you. No one could hear you. Your tears just blend in with the shower. And that was me. So I was taking like two showers a day. Like, all right, I'm going to cry in the shower. But then, you know, it started getting too much, too many showers. So, so yeah, I would just, I would just cry. So I I want our listeners to know it's okay to cry. It's okay for men to cry Hell for yes. male listeners out there. Well, that's the thing. Growing up, you're told don't cry. Oh, yep. you cry like a girl, and yep, it's so wrong because we grow up as men, these repressed creatures. I'm a sh- I don't hug people. I can count on one hand the people I hug, and. Now, I don't know that me. you've ever
1: hugged me. Maybe once on New Year's Eve to like wish a happy New Year.
0: I was probably drunk, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't hug people, and I, I'm I'm trying to change that because I think I've I've repressed so many emotions, and I have just been, you know, I, I put up this wall where I, you know, as a man, I have to be strong, I have to be tough, and if I'm not, people will think I'm weak, so. We are so repressed as men and I know as men, we are also horrible creatures. I know that, (laughs) I know that, I acknowledge that. I am one of the worst, I acknowledge it. No, you have
1: traits that are not so nice. You're not horrible creatures. I'm
0: trying to get rid of those traits. But to our male listeners out there, it is okay to cry and it is okay to talk to your fellow male friends about your emotions. And this is something that I've only recently started doing Uh, talking to you and your husband about my emotions. And I can see it makes him uncomfortable. (laughs) Oh my God, are you
1: kidding? He's like,
0: oh, what's happening here? I (laughs) need to like get out of this room immediately.
1: The siren (laughs) starts going off.
0: (laughs) 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 Very uncomfortable. And he's still, and he said, oh, don't throw me under the bus. But he still has not listened to the first episode. Well, I still
1: haven't sent it to him. (laughs) Well, I
0: sent it to him. I sent it to him. Oh yeah, I sent it to him a while ago. So it's it's tough for men to get over that training. And yes. for me, it took something pretty traumatic to shatter whatever it was. I think of it as a dam where I built up like water. I built up all these feelings and, you know, the traits, everything else just kind of built up. And instead of opening a valve that slowly released it, this one event happened that just broke the dam and just boom, everything came rushing out. So now I'm okay admitting that I cry and I cry a lot. Yes, I cry it's every okay. day. It's, it's okay. okay. And I'm okay talking about my emotions and talking about my feelings because I know if I keep it inside, I'll just blow up later. I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to change my behavior. And you, you message me almost every day and you ask me how I'm doing. And if I'm having a breakdown, I tell you I'm having a breakdown or I, yeah. I tell you I'm depressed or that I didn't sleep. Well, to be fair, I don't sleep at all. Well. Four hours so yeah. that's every day which may but be
1: the subject of the next one
0: <laughs> maybe, so I'm not ashamed to admit it, so to our male listeners and all of our listeners out there, don't be afraid to admit that you have emotions don't be ashamed to admit that you cry it's okay, and it's therapeutic for me it's it's very therapeutic after a really good cry i don't we should do some research to see if your body releases endorphins or hormones or something but after i, I a really think you just
1: gave time, yourself some homework for the next one
0: uh homework <laughs> uh, okay i'll look it up but uh, I, so, I
1: love that you're like i love that you're ugly crying in the shower i don't love that you're sad and that's the reason like obviously that part i hate but i love that like you are now like allowing yourself to do that and being okay with it i think yeah. that's great and uh I know we're sort of getting to the end of the podcast right now and I wanted to wrap it up with some, with a positive thought to, to leave it on. Um, I was watching the Olympics for the past however many weeks um, and they were talking about the upcoming Paralympics and there was a high jumper and he, he was, I think, I think he was a, a high jumper to sport to start, or he was some kind of athlete and he got some kind of infection where he had to have half of his leg amputated. Oh. Um, but it wasn't like the bottom half. It was almost like the middle half. And then they reattached his foot to the knee joint. So the foot could go into like the amputee, the, um, prosthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started doing high jump and he's actually going to be competing in the Paralympics doing high jump. And I think he was the world champion, um, before COVID. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said, I wouldn't change anything. Wow. He said, I'm so much better off than I was before because I'm so much stronger because of the challenges I've been through. And I just thought if that isn't like a piece of hope to hang on to, I don't know what is. So for you, you know, you're deep in your struggles right now. And I relate to it myself because I was so deep in my struggles with the infertility. um, But I came up so much stronger. And I say the same thing. I wouldn't change it. It's made me a better person. It's made me who I am today. So I would just, you know, hold that thought of like, when you get through it like you're going to be a better stronger person for it
0: i i definitely try that and my mom she she has reminded me that lately but for me it's different because the thing that did it for me uh i <laughs> I would not want that to happen again. I would change that. Not Uh, not the
1: thing that triggered it.
0: Yeah. um, I, I
1: think it's hard for you right now because you're in it. And if you'd asked me when I was in it, I would have said the same thing. But now I have so much time. I'm like five years out of that experience and that trauma. And I think you will need that time, too, to get to that to that point.
0: You know what? So this podcast needs to go for five years then. There we go. All
1: right. <laughs> five years,
0: 1,000 episodes. Ask me on episode 1,000 if I would change anything. But yeah, right now I I I, I would, but you're right. I'm still in it. But that is, that's absolutely incredible that he has such a positive outlook. Uh, and yeah, it just puts things into perspective. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can leave it here for today as my therapist says. Well, we have to stop here. He <laughs> always stops He always stops the session I think 2 or 3 minutes early because he has to go to the bathroom and I will start adding <laughs> it up because <laughs> those sessions are expensive. <laughs> I will start adding it up. Anyways, we'll
1: call back to us next time when you've assessed from the next session. But yeah, yes. thank you to everybody for tuning in today. We appreciate you all.
0: And and remember If you or someone you know is in crisis, please seek help immediately. You can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. That's a 24-hour crisis line. You can also text MHA to the number 741-741. That is 741-741. And if you are in need of support but not in crisis, consider reaching out to a warm line. You can find a warm line by either using Google or going to M H A N A T I O N A L dot org slash warmlines. So thanks again everyone and hang in there.
1: Take care.